So the sound that you're hearing is once the chip's being chopped up, we're actually washing and cooling that chip before it goes to the next process. What's happening on this factory floor is a giant goal in progress. A company called Unify is hoping to recycle tens of billions of plastic bottles in the next few years. If you look at the number of bottles, which to me is hard to believe, we've recycled 14 billion bottles. It's hard to believe that we've kept that many bottles out of the landfill. Coming up, we'll go inside Unify to hear how they're leading an effort to change our relationship with plastic. We'll also hear about current global challenges as scientists estimate that the world produces 400 million tons of plastic a year. With that number growing, we need new approaches to curb consumption and more effectively reuse plastic. This is The World to Come, a podcast brought to you by Bank of America. Exploring life in the future, starting with the visionaries of today. Featuring clients and partners affiliated with Bank of America. I'm Tess Vigland. In this first episode, the power to reimagine plastic. I think we need to reimagine and come up with new products where plastic can be consumed and, and you know, often used as a substitute. So can we use recycled plastic as a substitute? Can we make large consumer products, houses, that use recycled plastic to try and ensure that we don't need to sort of dispose of plastic in landfills or end up incinerating it? Bank of America's global research analyst Samir Chopra studies some of the world's biggest challenges and talks to leaders working on cutting-edge solutions. I'm based in Sydney, Australia, and I'm head of research. I also head up our uh, ESG research in Asia-Pac, and ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and, and Corporate Governance. Okay, so how did we get to this point where it's become critical to think of the future of plastics? 95% of plastic is single-use. So you use it once and then you throw it away. And so, you know, as time goes on, there is more and more of this plastic waste or rubbish being created. And the issue with plastic is it doesn't decompose uh, as easily. So we already have over 8 billion tons of plastic in the world, and more and more of it is polluting our waterways or ending up in landfills. Not even 10% of the plastic in the world has been recycled. Why is there more urgency around this now? You know, if you look at this over the last 5, 10 years, it was an unseen problem. In other words, people didn't see it because a lot of the plastic waste from the United States was sent to China to try and recycle it or to sort of destroy it, incinerate it. So for all of us, it was out of sight, out of mind. That's right. It was out of sight, out of mind. You, you didn't see it. It ended up on a ship and it would be sent to China. And in January 2018, the Chinese government started to ban plastic waste import as a whole. And so now this has become a problem because... Suddenly, you know, our countries have had to figure out, what are we going to do with this plastic? To see where we need to go with plastic, let's take a quick look at how we got here. One of the first popular plastics was nylon, which revolutionized women's stockings in the late 1930s. And that was used to make everything from parachutes to ropes during World War II. Large-scale production of other plastics started to really ramp up in the 1950s. 
There was an exciting new way to preserve food. It was being molded into furniture and holiday decorations. It was soon making cars and airplanes lighter. And today, all sorts of modern conveniences are keeping demand strong. People are doing new things. You know, e-commerce and buying products online is relatively new. Food delivery is relatively new. 6% of all the oil production in the world right now goes into making plastics. And the way demand is growing, we think 20% of all oil in the world will be used for plastic packaging by 2050. That's staggering. Yet Samir says what he's seeing and hearing in his work gives him hope. One example he points to is a recent shift in the beverage industry. Five years ago, if you, if you bought a bottle, uh, it was hard to crush it. But today, if you buy a bottle of water or, or soft drink, it's very easy to crush. It's because what the companies have done is to cut back on plastic, they have light-weighted the bottles. Five years ago, the, the amount of plastic in a typical bottle would have been about 70 grams. And today, the amount of plastic sitting in these bottles is about 30 grams. He says the ultimate goal is to build a sustainable future on a circular economy, giving us the power to limit waste and reuse materials on a different scale. I'd say, you know, using recycled plastic and creating a whole industry around that would be an awesome outcome. That idea is at the heart of what Unify is doing. You can drink a bottle today, in a couple weeks you can wire it. Remember that sound we heard at the very beginning? Unify makes synthetic fiber out of plastic bottles. You can find this fiber in everything from furniture to car interiors and shoes and clothing. Operations manager Barry Shore showed us around the company's recycling facility in Yatkinville, North Carolina. We have big silos that we house the flake in. So we'll convey the flake from what we would call... Barry's been with Unify for more than 40 years. Back when he started... Polyester was the epitome of fabric chic. Yes, the old, heavy, stain-prone polyester of the 1970s. Today, the company is among those leading the way with its sustainable fiber. I look at where we're at today and says, I cannot believe we've made it this far because I don't believe you could convince us that we could have done that. I mean, it's not what we would have expected. Unify calls its recycled fiber Reprieve. Richard Gerstein is the company's global chief marketing and innovation officer. He says it came out of the company's taking a hard look at its own production process. Reprieve started about 12 years ago, and it started with our own internal Unify sustainability goals. We have these big manufacturing lines, and when we start them up, we get them going, and you have scrap that comes out before good polyester gets going. That was going into landfills. Unify saw an opportunity here not only to reduce waste, but to capitalize on it. And our team here challenged, why are we going to landfill? Can we reuse that polyester and bring it back? And they were able to do that. Once they did that, they said, hmm, what else could I put in my system that'd be recyclable? And that's where the idea came up for using plastic water bottles the same way. The next step was to figure out how to turn the bottles into fiber. How did they do it? So we're literally just taking the same ingredient that goes into new polyester fiber that also goes into bottles. And rather than those bottles going to landfill or going to oceans, we take those bottles 
and we have a huge automated process that rips off all the labels, takes off all the caps, takes those bottles and chops them up into little pieces, cleans them, and then melts them down into a little we call chip, which then gets inputted into the extrusion machine that makes the yarn. So really, if I came out and showed you two pieces of yarn at the end, you shouldn't see any different. There's no physical different properties. There's no visual different properties. That's the whole idea of Reprieve. It's like you're starting anew again. Unify also had to show its customers that this wasn't just a sustainable product. It was a good one. When we talk to people, one of their first questions is, oh, it's made from plastic bottles. How does it feel so good? I thought it would feel different. I thought it would feel plasticky. And Richard says now that Unify's Reprieve Fiber has proven itself, they're influencing major clothing companies that are now adding it to their own sustainability goals. You'll hear brands making large declarations that by 2022 or 2024 or 2026, that they're going to convert over to 100% recycled polyester. That's going to be transformative in the market and really make a huge difference. I was surprised to hear about one challenge that Unify is grappling with as a result of this success. There's starting to be actually more demand than there is supply because we're not recycling at the rates we need to. He says having better recycling systems is only the beginning. This extends beyond tossing a plastic container in the right bin. If you take a plastic bottle that was created to hold a drink and you recycle that and turn that into a piece of apparel, you've closed a loop. But then... Even better would be then to take that piece of apparel at the end of its life and recycle it and turn it into maybe another piece of apparel or a park bench or whatever it might be or something that goes into automotive. So now brands are really moving from end of life to end of use. And so they're taking back apparel at their stores and they're asking, how do I go recycle these garments and turn them back into new fibers or other things? To Richard... This is how we can reimagine our use of plastic. And you can really start to understand how our relationship with things like clothes and shoes might change. I think that things that we wear will not go in the garbage. There will be a secondary use for them that will be much more an existing process that people go through. And I think everything in our lives, we will look at it from the standpoint of, is there a second life, a third life, a fourth life for it? But I think ultimately what people wear is going to be driven by the brand and performance and design. And I think sustainability just becomes that fundamental differentiation and core element that sort of needs to be there like comfort. This is the shift from a linear economy to a circular economy that Bank of America analyst Samir Chopra was talking about. Can we make large consumer products, houses, that use recycled plastic. There is, there's a trend in the world towards building roads that use a lot of recycled plastic in it. I think, you know, if you think 30, 50 years out, we will still have plastic. Plastic will still be used in packaging, but all plastic packaging will be recycled. So society will be working off a circular economy. So you use it, You'll dispose of it in a recycling bin that's marked plastic. And that same plastic then refines its way back into new products. That's where I see the world sort of, you know, not even 50, I'd say even 30 years out from now. I don't, I don't think we have that long to wait before the world needs to sort of adopt and change. When you talk about looking back, I think 
this whole recyclability, sustainability, 40 years from now, will be the same way that I had discussion with my son this morning. He's 15 years old, and we were talking about whether I had a color TV or I had a cell phone, right? And because how could your world be like? Like, how did you get around? And I said to him, I said, you know, we, we looked up things in the um, encyclopedia. And what really changed things was the internet. And my son looked at me and goes, what do you mean what changed things was the internet? I said, well, the internet was invented, you know, like in the 90s. And he goes, I'm sorry, what are we talking about? But for him, the internet was like air and water. It was like a basic element of society. And I think we'll look back on sustainability the same way and say, it's just so fundamental to us having a world and a planet that is healthy and alive, that it'll just be what we do every day and can't imagine a world where people threw things into landfills or threw garbage on the streets or let it go into our precious oceans. For Richard and Samir, the power to reimagine plastic begins with extending its use and giving it a new life, not once or twice, but several times over. They say it's an exciting opportunity that is essential for our future. When you think about the future, what would you like the power to do? On the next episode of The World to Come, which would you rather eat? An egg made from mung beans? Hmm. It's good. It's strangely similar to the flavor of eggs. Or chicken nuggets grown in a laboratory. Let me give it a try. It's very good. It's very good. It tastes like chicken. <laughs> what our future might taste like. That's next time. This has been The World to Come. I'm Tess Vigland. B of A Merrill Lynch Global Research is research produced by B of A Securities, Inc., B of A.S., and or one or more of its non-U.S. affiliates. B of A.S. is a registered broker-dealer, member SIPC, and wholly owned subsidiary of Bank of America Corporation. Any opinions or other information correspond to the date of this recording and are subject to change. This information discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic, market, or political conditions and should not be construed as research or investment advice. Bank of America N.A. Member FDIC, Copyright 2019, Bank of America Corporation. <laughs>